This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right. We will move on if we can. Now we're going to, (laughs) as much as I don't want to spend a lot of time on our next topic, we do have to address Mike Martz, the rogue offensive coordinator who went rogue this week. Some people don't think he went rogue. That's my uh, interpretation of it. But Mike Martz was being Mike Martz again and saying uh, something very controversial about the Bears offense, lack of talent and comparing it to in the 0-16 Detroit Lions, that uh, was one of the worst offensive units he had ever seen, and this Bears unit reminded him of that. And then Fields. You know, Fields is a guy that is not a uh, – he makes a lot of mistakes, not particularly accurate at times. He's not a quick read-and-react guy, and he's on a horrendous team, talent-wise. Um, but that's uh, – I don't know if I've seen an offense that bad in town since the 0-16 Detroit Lions. You know, they just don't have anybody there. I think if you put Rodgers down there, Rodgers would be last in this list too, you know. Okay, that's from the 33rdteam.com where Mike Martz is a contributor and a lot of football guys read and contribute. Dan, okay, I, I will get this out of the way. Mike Martz deserves our respect for what he's accomplished in the National Football League. And he was an assistant coach on a Super Bowl champion, the greatest show on turf. A lot of his ideas and innovations are the reason why there was success down in St. Louis. But Mike Martz, in saying what he said, it gives the Bears coaching staff absolutely no credit for being able to schematically help Justin Fields develop in his second season and maybe take the strides that he just described it and thought he, he he's incapable of, of making. I don't like people that jump to premature conclusions, good or bad. And I am not here to be, and we aren't, have, and only ever have been, Justin Fields' apologist. No. Now, let's be fair here. This is this is a, a veteran, respected NFL voice, even though he hasn't coached in the league since 2011, by the way. This <laughs> is a respected NFL voice amplifying concerns over Justin Fields and announcing, declaring that he can't get out of this hole that the Bears have dug for him career-wise. And I don't like that because I do think it ignores some of the things and and then it forces us to point out, you know, Mike Martz, you know, he wasn't right about Greg Olson when he demanded he be traded and all this stuff feels very petty. And I just don't think it shows the Bears coaching staff a lot of respect. I think you need to separate the message from the messenger in some cases here and, and and just understand kind of what Martz is hinting at. I think he's exaggerated it to uh, uh, too much of an extent at, at how talent deficient this offense is. That doesn't give any credit to Darnell Mooney, who had a thousand yard season in his second year in the league and obviously has a up escalator going forward into his third year. It doesn't give credit to Cole Komet, who obviously I understand has a lot to prove, hasn't shown much in his first two years. And I can see why an outsider would say, yeah, I, I I don't know that that guy's a good NFL tight end. David Montgomery, pretty good running back, right? Like that, there's a talented piece that this offense can use to hopefully unlock some things for Justin by establishing a reliable running game. Uh, you did say that was the 33rdteam.com, right? 
that's I, I think there's some power rankings that have the Bears as the 33rd team in the league going into the regular season. So maybe it was fitting in that regard. They're but, ahead of the Bears. <laughs> yeah, they may have, they may have moved down to 34th after yeah. today's practice. But look, I, you know, this is where some of this preseason talk and why I said in the previous segment that we've got to get to regular season game action because people run out of things to talk about and we get to this bridge where where we're out of uh, meaningful storylines and then we get kind of pushed into this other forest where there's things like this to talk about for a week that we don't have any evidence one way or the other to either support or refute. Right. right? And so we've got to get into that phase now where we're gathering more evidence and maybe, you know, come Halloween weekend, you and I can revisit this conversation and say, was, was Mike right? Or was he way off base because this offense is growing? Well, I think that's fair because I think when we talk about Justin Fields, good or bad, we qualify it and it's conditional based on this or based on that. And if this happens or if that happens, then he can take a step if they roll him out and, and use play action passing uh, game uh, looks and, and they can have a running game that resembles anything that's respectable. We qualify these things and we say, well, if he doesn't get more accurate, then this will happen. What bothers me about guys like Mike Martz, they, they, they abuse their reputation in that they take advantage of the fact that they have that respect and they talk in such certain terms that he can't possibly know and be as sure about what's going to happen the way that he talks about it. That makes him a great public speaker in a terrific interview. That makes him a lousy guy because I think that he now has declared this young quarterback has no chance in Chicago because of the circumstances that are stacked against him. When in fact, I think that it's how do you look at the, the football world? Glass half empty, glass half full. This is a glass half empty approach. If you're looking at it half full, you're thinking Luke Getze, pretty dynamic play caller. The designs that we have seen in preseason give Justin Fields a chance to accentuate his strengths. And you've got an open-minded play call that's going to tailor game plans around the skill set of his franchise quarterback. You've got an offensive line that is athletic and trying to make the best of what they have. Limited potential, limited talent base, absolutely true. But tell me how they can win or not, or they can move the ball with these circumstances. Tell right. me as a coach what you're going to do and how smart right. you really can be. Right, because that's what coaching is, right? It's taking right. the pieces you have and getting them to achieve higher than they could as as individuals. And so that's up to this coaching staff to bring out results better than most of the league expects because every week there's a new story of somebody ripping this team saying they've got the 36th best offensive line in college football or the 34th best offense in, in the history of uh, you know the 21st century of the Bears. I'm looking here right now at, at some of the players who were on the 2008 Lions team. Calvin Johnson was on that team. That's a pretty good piece, right? Uh, Kevin Smith was their leading rusher and their three quarterbacks david would you be willing to uh wager a guess on the three guys who started games at quarterback for the 2008 lions one was dan orlovsky i believe (laughs) he started seven games john Uh, sean sean hill john kitna started four and dante culpepper in a different phase of his career started five games there so there's 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 what mike is comparing this group to and, and, and okay, let, let me acknowledge openly. Okay, I, I understand there's some bias here because I, I did not have a, a positive opinion of Mike Martz when he was in Chicago. <laughs> the one thing that Jay Cutler and I might have bonded over during one interview session was our contempt for something Mike Martz had done or said. And I can't remember the context, but I know that we were smiling and nodding in agreement <laughs> that something that Martz said made us roll our eyes. So I, I acknowledge that up front. I don't want to consider... You know, I, I might have to consider the source, and that might be why I'm triggered by uh, the way I was when I saw that this morning. But 
I just I, think they're extenuating circumstances. Well, right. And, and I also just think that there is way, way more evidence needed to cast a verdict of that significance, right? That's just such a landmark statement to make when, when I, I'm guessing that Mike hasn't broken down all 27 snaps that Justin Fields has taken as a, a, a you know preseason quarterback in year two in this system with this new coaching staff. And again, it's uh, it's up to this coaching staff, right, to 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 tap into what they have and make the most of what they have. And and they deserve that opportunity before we get out the blow torches and turn them to, to, to high power and light everybody up around here. All right, let's look at what we learned. You go first, Dan. All right. So I was going to take you down the path of the more things change, the more they stay the same. And that would be my way of saying that this offense has struggled through the month of August. The defense has looked pretty good and it's looked very familiar to a lot of training camps I've covered where the defense is celebrating a lot. The offense is unbucking those chin straps and getting back into a huddle on the sideline and feeling frustrated. And there just hasn't been enough offensive momentum to build. But I thought that would be too uh, redundant for, for, for Bears fans in our audience. And so I'm going with this. This coaching staff has shown us that they are willing to try and trust young players, right? You obviously look at some of the rookies that they're turning loose, obviously hoping to start Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker in their secondary in week one, looking to start Braxton Jones as their left tackle on offense, looking to try some things with Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins here late in the month of, of August to see if those guys can be answers for them. This is the state of the roster right now, so some of this is by necessity, but certainly uh, Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, and all the people around them have, have been open-minded to letting young players change their mind, earn their trust, and take advantage of opportunities. And so it's going to be really, really cool, I think, uh, over the next three months to see which guys succeed when given the chance and, and which ones kind of fade to the background. And then we can kind of assess which direction this franchise is headed. All right. This is what I learned. I, I think everything about these answers are going to be very personal and individual. <laughs> so I think that I got tired over the last three years of the redundancy of questioning a coaching staff that had earned our skepticism. Yep. And you stopped trusting Matt Nagy because everything that came out of his mouth was somewhat confusing and, and I really like Matt. I know you did too. But I, And I think that he was a likable guy, affable as we would describe him, but not always logical in the way that he approached things in his, in his coaching staff kind of reflected that. And it was all over the place. It wasn't real cohesive. The message was very mixed at times. And I think that as a result, you saw a team that was somewhat undisciplined, uh, sporadic in its uh, success. And Sporadic's very, a great word. You know, and inconsistent overall. What I like about this training camp, and again, speaking just from my own personal perspective, I don't know how many games they're going to win. I, I can see the same flaws that Mike Mars can see and not be as, as mean in pointing them out. <laughs> but, but, but I think that I have, I have gotten to a place where what I have learned is that I really respect this approach. And I really like the fact that on offense that Luke Getze has been a guy that I, I am – buying into what he's what he's trying to sell schematically um oratorically in, in a lot of different ways whether it's, he's calling plays or, or talking at the podium matt eberflus alan williams these are coaches that i think are football guys these are guys that i think have their players best interests at heart and i do think that i've gone from being you know skeptical on a daily basis cynical for a living watching the Matt Nagy era and regime unfold and unravel to, man, I love football. Boy, this is fun. And I'm back to that guy. And I really like that and appreciate that because 
I didn't expect it. And I, and I know I, I may regret saying this, you know, it's August 25th or whatever. And next month, by, I may already regret it. <laughs> but now in preseason football mode, I really have learned that I like what this staff brought to Chicago. Let's turn so, it over to Studs. Let's see what he's got. Yeah, I, I, I I'm going to kind of tag on, on on to what David was saying. It has to do with the coaches. So, and, and first off, David, like I think what you're hinting at is maybe we we all didn't realize how unorganized things were under Matt Nagy until we saw organization under what at least right now is organized under Matt Eberflus that we can tell. So the playing on that, the thing that. I, Ibrahimovic is completely obsessed with small details, and this was put in my brain by Peter King when he came through Bears camp a few weeks ago. He said that in talking with him and in the past that Ibrahimovic is obsessed with the details, and I think we've seen that play out. We saw just in his press conference on Thursday today how finite they get with details on players. They go down to, "Are you okay? You wrap the guy up? Did you go for the strip?" Things like that. And so they're grading players on every single detail about how they're playing, not just did you do your assignment or not. I think that that obsession with details is a good sign to see. I mean, obviously, we don't know how this is going to play out, but I think it's a good start for Matty Rufus's first camp. That's a good one. 